0: Welcome to Phantoms and Monsters Personal Reports, where I narrate some of the more recent and past scripted and unexplained sightings and encounters that are submitted to Phantoms and Monsters. I will also detail current and past investigations occasionally, so uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, Phantoms and Monsters Radio Channel is made possible by you clicking the subscribe button and by you sharing our programming. Uh, Super chat donations are appreciated, and the uh, buy me a coffee link is also on the description, and uh, thanks for your consideration. Now, I am going to make one note before I start. I was at the eye doctor today, and they put those damn drops on my eyes, so uh, I am having a little issue. But uh, I think I'll be okay. So let's see. I the first story, the first account was um, was submitted to me by uh, Jorge Martin, from um from puerto rico he he's also an affiliate with our team uh but he he does exclusive work he's a a journalist a newspaper guy with uh in 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 puerto rico and uh he does a lot of the um bizarre stories down there so uh this was submitted by him and so he sent it over to me It states after uh, several UFO sightings and other odd activity, a huge ferret-like humanoid appears in the El Duque barrio on the Guabo, Puerto Rico. This is not the first time a similar creature has been seen. So uh, this was uh, this was submitted to me a couple months ago, and. the way it's written up is a few days ago, Mr. Miguel Matos, who lived in the El Duque sector of the Manas- municipality of Naguabo, Puerto Rico, which adjoins the El-, El UK, the El Yunque forest to the east. Now, El Yunque has had a history of a lot of UFO activity, and a lot of bizarre activity as well. Uh, he told us that he had had several unusual experiences in that area and that he had to send us a note summarizing them. Uh, we had already received the note from him, which contains very interesting details, and we are posting it here. Uh, uh, Miguel states, summary of events experienced by me, Miguel Matos, in the El Duque sector in the town in the Guabo, Puerto Rico. Now, first, uh, August 2017, one night between 2.30 a.m. and 3 a.m., I saw an oblate, oval-shaped, unidentified flying object, about four inches long and two inches wide, illuminated with a bright green light. I woke up to go to the bathroom and noticed a reflection of the light on the bathroom window coming from the back of the residence outside. Upon reaching the room, I looked out the window and saw the aforementioned object hovering over the ground, about four foot high. I called my wife, and she saw also. The object flew over the entire lot, the house, and the structures, making some very fast sharp turns and zigzags, as if examining everything and then moved away at an incredible speed towards the top of the mountain behind the residence uh then my wife and I had lost sight of it so one night another another incident one night in November 2017 I had an encounter with a creature somewhat similar to an ape but with other very strange physical characteristics the house in which we lived belonged to my wife's mother and we lived in an apartment on the ground floor of it on the land next to the house There was a part covered with cement and another section with stones and gravel. In that section, my wife had a brave pit bull dog with her little house. She was very territorial and would not allow strangers in there. Now, one night, the dog began to scream and moan as if she was afraid of something, and that surprised us because she was very brave. I went out to see what was the matter, and that is what and that is, was all right as I did go so quickly, noticed a very strong acrid smell similar to that of sulfur, which irritated my throat. Still, I went ahead and checked, but didn't notice anything out of the ordinary, so I went back into the house. A few minutes later, it was felt that something or someone was walking on the stones next to the canopy. At that moment, I took my firearm and went back out to see what was happening. I again smelled the very strong odor, and then I noticed the presence of an apparently furry and dark creature about 75 foot away from me, which, not being able to see it up close, I thought may be an ape. Then I lost sight of it. Then, one night in December 2017, I don't remember the exact date, I met an incredible creature on the road. It was already between 9.30 p.m. and 10 p.m., and I was returning from visiting my father in the town near Noguabo. I was driving my car and being, being a few meters from the house, located in the El Duque neighborhood in the town of guabo I suddenly saw that in the middle of the road, there was something similar to a large, dark brown dog. I stopped my car and I honked at it to make, That dog moved, but it didn't move. So I got out of the car and threw a rock near it to make it move. To my great surprise, what I thought was a big dog got up, stretched, and I could see what it really was. I could not believe what I was watching. There, standing in front of me, was a creature about seven foot tall. It was standing on two legs, like a person, but its legs were weird, kind of curved, and with three big claws on its feet. Its entire body was covered with short, dark brown hair. It had strong arms similar to a person's with hands with only four clawed fingers. Its head was more or less like that of a human being, but the face somewhat resembled that of a ferret with a slightly more pronounced snout and it had short ears. Its eyes were totally black and slightly almond shaped, not very large. And, uh, I think Vince has got the, uh, the image of this thing up there. Seeing it shocked me, and I thought to draw my firearm, but something told me not to do so. That creature was very big, and if I missed the shot, it could attack me. We looked at each other for a few moments, and then it walked quietly, went into the bush, and I stopped seeing it. There I entered my vehicle and arrived at the house where I t- told my partner what I had, what had happened. She told me, why didn't you shoot him? And I said, I couldn't do it. If I missed the shot, that big thing would attack me, and I would not have been able to face it. Now, that thing looked like a cross between a human being and an animal, and its behavior seemed intelligent to me. I suspect it may have been the same creature I had seen before, which I thought was an ape. Further on, January 2018... Strange flying lights on top of El Yunque Mountain after the passage of Hurricane Maria through Puerto Rico in 2017, the entire area was without electric power. And on many occasions, we saw strange lights flying over the area. One night, I was traveling back to El Duque neighborhood of Nacuapo and casually looked up at the top of El Yunque Mountain. I visualized a line of bright white lights coming down from the sky towards the top of El Yunque. Suddenly, that row of lights made two quick, jerky movements from the left to right and ascended rapidly at the top. And then a mist suddenly formed that blocked the visibility towards the top of the mountain. That fog did not seem normal to me. I believe it was something produced by whatever row of lights was to hide their presence up there. Now. Again, in in January 2018, strange behavior in animals. At the end of January 2018, a skinny horse with a rare uh, stamp on its left leg arrived at the house. That horse did not approach the other horses that were there. But the strange thing, in my opinion, was that he didn't eat grass. However, he pretended to eat something on the cement floor where there was no grass. When you spoke to him, he looked at you as if he understood you. With a very penetrating stare. After that, it went into the brush and disappeared from sight. So uh, that's all that uh, he remembered and and then wrote to um, Jorge about it. But you know what? That El Yunque, I have written several articles and received several articles, some from Jorge about the El Yunque uh, rainforest and some of the weird stuff that shows up there. They also we have also had encounters with uh, winged humanoids there as well, gargoyle-like beings. Um, So I don't know I don't know what they're seeing, but a a walking ferret, an upright ferret is kind of bizarre. Uh, So Maria asked, "Is uh, this the only report of a ferret-like creature that you have that you have received?" You know, that's a good question. I don't really recall anymore, so it might be. It might be. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I have heard of entities that were smaller that kind of looked like rats or something, or like a rodent or something. But the size of this and the description, and that was the sketch that he that uh, Jorge made from the witness's description. So... um I don't know. I don't know, but I don't think I have received any others beside that one. But I thought that was was quite interesting. Uh, have dogmen been? This is from Jose uh, Sanchez. Have dogmen been reported in PR in Puerto Rico? I don't know. Um, I've gotten a lot of dog, man, upright canine settings over the years, and I would think there have to be one somewhere, but I can't recall it. Now, I tell you, I am writing a book about cryptic canines. And if there's one in my notes, I will write it in there. Definitely write it in there and I might pull it out and read it if I, I do come across it. So uh, that's all I can tell you at this point. But I, I do have some strange sightings in Puerto Rico over the years. So let's go ahead and move on. A, uh, a Wyoming man recalls his amazing Bigfoot abduction experience when he was a boy while camping near Big Sandy Creek, excuse me, Big Sandy River. He later remembers the incident in detail after talking with his older brother. Now he states, let me preface this by saying that I didn't remember this incident until I was in my early 30s. It came back to me over a week in bits and pieces. I I think it was triggered by my brother who came to live with us. And for a few days of little snippets and uh, memories popping into my head out of nowhere, I finally talked to him about it. He told me it was all too real, although he didn't know what happened to me until then. He put two and two together and shared his side of the story, which made me realize that I wasn't crazy or imagining things. I states I grew up on a ranch near Wind River Mountains in Wyoming. We heated the house with wood so every year after the crops were in, before we had to start irrigating, we would spend about two weeks in the mountains getting wood. We always went to the same place that we called Bear Trap on the Big Sandy River. It was fairly remote because it was uh, long and difficult to drive into that place. The only other people I ever saw there besides family were sheep herders on horseback. I should also add that I love the outdoors and we spend most of our weekends either in the desert or in the mountains. I love them both. But for the desert, because I'm much more comfortable there, I don't sleep well at all. In the mountains, I'm always on edge. Uh, For as long as I can remember, I've been able to go creek fishing without someone else. I haven't been able to go creek fishing without someone else nearby, preferably in sight. Now I know why. I think I was about five years old. My brother was 12. We'd been camping for about a week and my mom and dad went down the mountain or something and left my brother and me up there. It sounds crazy nowadays. I remember standing there watching them drive off next to my brother who had a .22 rifle propped on his shoulder. After they left, I went to play at my favorite spot by the creek which is out of sight from the camp, which is probably 200 yards away. I don't know what my brother was doing, but this is what I remember. I do recall being carried by something with long, thin fur under its arm, kind of like a football. There were at least three other beings alongside us, traveling upright and on all fours intermittently and screaming and yelling at the one who had me. It was like they were telling it to put me down and it was wrong to take me. They seemed to be in a panic. I don't remember smelling anything. It almost feels as like I was watching it happen to someone else. I don't recall any emotions like I was passive on a passive observer. It doesn't make sense because I know I, I had been terrified. I didn't like the loud chaotic noises, though I don't know how far we went but finally we came to a place that was an overhang or cave now the dirt in front of it had been swept clean the ones running alongside us had reddish brown fur and long arms and seemed like they were teenager age and a little younger they continued to squawk and yell and protest until a much larger one came into view then they all went silent and out of sight for some reason I had the impression that she was the matriarch of the bunch. She grunted something at the one holding me, and I was put down on the ground, and it left too. I didn't feel like she was mean or meant to hurt me, but uh, just very sad. I wonder if maybe she had lost her own child and snatched me out of grief. The older female looked at me kindly and had a soothing presence. Her fur was darker, almost black and thinner and wirier. I don't remember if she made any sounds or not, but I feel like she continually uh, communicated to me that I was safe and shouldn't worry. She took me by the hand and led me to a bed-like thing made out of pine needles, grass, and soft bark, which was right at the inside edge of the cave or overhang. She indicated that I should sit there and was very gentle with me. She disappeared for a long time and came back with some water with plants in it and had me drink it and then gently laid me on the mat. The next thing I remember was waking up first smelling a damp mossy dirt smell and then feeling the grass tickling my nose. I was very confused as to why I'd I'd take a nap right there. I was about 20 foot away from where I had been playing by the creek. I walked into the camp and my brother grabbed me and hugged me and yelled at me for hiding from him. In retrospect, he was frantic. After I told my brother my side of the story, he told me that he had been looking for me for hours and that he had checked the area where I had been playing several times. He also told me that grandpa and dad were aware that a family of these beings lived around there, but they had never bothered us. He and my dad used to leave them salt and sugar on a log every year, and they took it every time. I was unable to talk to my dad and my grandpa about it after I remembered because they had both passed. When I was young, I never told my mom about it either. I did hear my grandpa telling my dad about hearing something come up the creek while he was fishing once, and that it wasn't a bear. But they stopped talking about it when they realized I was listening. So now that, that account came from uh, Facts by the to Hunt, the guy by the name of Steve, on his website. It was uh, an, an email he received. But I thought it was so unique, I wanted to talk about it here. Uh, it was probably one of the better Bigfoot abduction uh, incidents that I have ever read. Uh, I'd like to know what you folks thought about it, but it was uh, it was pretty interesting. okay well let's move on uh oh i I see my friend dave's on here tonight so dave thanks for the uh super chat donations much appreciated now this next account the witness and his brother were recently driving near his home outside of alma magordo Alamo Gordo, New Mexico. They noticed a large pterodactyl-like creature flying near them, and were shocked by the sighting. Now, this was an account I was that was sent to me, and I, I talked with the witness. And um, there's going to be a follow-up. I think um, there's something going on there, and uh, he and his brother have every intention of finding out what's going on. For those who <clears throat> know anything about Alamogordo, it's near the White uh, White Sands <coughs> uh, Trinity Site, and it's um, it's a lot of uh, top secret installations there. I think there's some missile sites there as well. Uh, most of the people who live in the area work for the government. So, anyway. This is what he wrote to me. I have to be honest. I wasn't sure who to contact about this, but felt I had to report it to someone. On September 11th, 2022, my brother and I witnessed what can only be described as a pterodactyl-like bird flying north to south. We saw the creature from approximately 100 foot away. It was about 50 feet off the ground. It appeared to be 68 foot long, Grayish in color, with large dark beak, approximately a foot and a half long. Its wings were very long and tapered to a point. The tail was very strange, as it appeared to be maybe two to three foot long, straight and smooth, and a couple inches around. At the end of the tail, there was some type of roundish tip, about the size of a baseball. I could discern any letters, feathers, excuse me, and the animal appeared gray and smooth. Thank you for your time. I just had to report to somebody, so I contacted him, and uh, he told me and he and his brother were driving in his neighborhood just outside the city of Alamogordo, and uh, on the early evening of uh, September 11, 2022. Uh, and for those unfamiliar with the location, that's that's the Tularosa Basin in the in the Chihuahuan Desert there. Hall uh, Air Force Base is there. Now, Holloman Air Force Base. For those that know ufology, that is the location where Eisenhower supposedly met uh, some alien beings in the 50s. It's also near the White Sands Missile Range and National Park as well. So flying near them was with the, flying near them was what the witness described as what he first thought was an oversized pelican. It was flying at an altitude of approximately 50 feet and close enough for him and his brothers to distinguish detail. Now, the long beak was very pronounced and long. Uh, The entire body was about eight foot long with membrane wings that were long and tapered to a point. The wingspan was at least 12 foot. The entire body was grayish in color. There was no hair, just smooth skin. And like I said previously, there was a long tail with thickness and length of a baseball bat in a bulb-sized formation on the end. It was flying north to south. It was deliberately and slowly flapping its wings by maintaining height and speed. Uh, Both witnesses were shocked at what they were observing and felt compelled to report the incident. I received the written report the same evening. The witness, later, the witness later stated that he had been outside grilling the night before. At the same time, he heard several loud screeches coming from a distance and above, but could, on, but could not determine what it was. Now, he did tell me there's an area near his home that is somewhat swampy with old growth trees, and plans to investigate the location for evidence. So I haven't heard anything else. I don't know if he's going back there yet or not. But I am going to follow up with him. Um, you know, Texas and uh, New Mexico, Southwest, they, they are known for these possible flyways or flyovers of these pterodactyl-like beings, pterosaurs. Uh, you know, the, the late, great uh, J.C. Johnson used to talk about there being a flyway from Central America up to New Mexico, up to Mexico and through Texas in the Southwest of uh, these pterosaur-like beings. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, but I do know there are a lot of sightings. And of course, uh, you know, Jason McLean was on the show last Friday. We talked about this a bit because he had had an encounter as well, while living in near Dallas. And, um, and Ken Gerhardt and, and Nick Redford wrote a book about Uh, title, Big Bird, several years ago about the phenomena as well. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in it, I I would suggest you go get the book because it's uh, it's very well done. (laughs) Uh, Dave's talking about my beard again. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. So uh, if, you, if you have any questions about that after, after I'm done reading, we'll um, we'll talk about that then. Now, here's an interesting one I, that was sent to me, or it was, it was actually forwarded to me by another investigator, about a group of urban explorers in the outskirts, say Angoulamay, France, that come across an unexplained humanoid that has red skin and large glowing white eyes. What was it? I think... Um, I think that Vincent has some pictures of this thing as well. So in 2012, Yake uh, Ricci and his friends were urban exploring in an abandoned building that housed a swimming pool on the outskirts of Angoulême, France. It was a night exploration, and flashlights were used to help them see around the disheveled building. All seems pretty routine until they shine their flashlights in a corner, one from the parent's shelving unit. That is when they observe movement and spot a strange figure. He seems to be sitting and moving his body, popping a leg and arm and head out to peer at them. The figure, although humanoid, does not appear to be human. It seems to have noticeable red skin and large glowing white eyes. No surprise, Richie and his friends screamed in horror and immediately rushed outside, where they run into the woods away from whatever was in the building. There is a strange screeching sound that follows them out, but it is unclear if it's just the natural sound of the forest or something else, possibly the creature. Now, Richie uploaded the video on his YouTube channel in uh, 2012, which is titled "Strange Creature in an in an abandoned swimming pool. In his description, he noted, we still do not know what it was, it's pretty terrifying. And it was referred to me, and that's where I got the screen grabs off of this thing. Now, if you do go to the video, uh, you can see it moving around. Now, in the years since, all the content on Richie's channel has been removed except for that video. And it's unclear if he ever made a follow-up video uh, a friend of Ricci's uh, responded to the video comments attempting to clarify that the building was normally locked and hard to get into. It was not known to be a dwelling for homeless people. Uh, he stated that no one can enter inside because it was closed. We pass next to the swimming pool each day because it's on the way to the university restaurant, and we see that nobody lives inside. We really don't know what this thing was. Uh, you know, some commenters had actually noted that their, their eye glow might have been a reflection of the flashlight, though it seems unlikely since human eyes don't normally reflect light that way. As well, the eyes seem far too large and, and too far apart to be, and the glow is visible even when the flashlight is no longer being shined in the direction. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> one of the, one of his associates stated something about it uh or my associate my friend brian uh i mean jamie brian he uh he was reminded of the marvel comics superhero spider woman uh and that figure appears lanky possibly female is blood red in color like a skin or skin suit and long long jet black hair barely visible and its eyes seem to be shaped not unlike how the arachnids uh, characters' eyes look in the comics, so it's pretty bizarre. I mean, you're looking at the if you're looking at the at the, uh, the picture in the video, it's pretty. I mean, in the, the screen cap, it's pretty bizarre. But uh, I don't know what they ran across. But then again, with all these humanoids and stuff that people have been seeing and reporting to me in the past couple years. Uh, and, of course, in writing the book, Mean Humanoids, there's a lot of weird stuff that has been has been forthcoming. So uh, I don't know exactly what this was. Now, here's a, uh, here's a sighting that we received, that I received, from the Ch- Chicagoland area of a winged humanoid. Uh, and this is the most recent sighting that we have received. For those who haven't kept up with this. Uh, Natashka, Illinois resident, details his encounter with a gargoyle-like winged humanoid in his neighborhood in August 2020. Now, the description is very similar to others we have received in the Chicagoland region. Now, the original email that he sent me goes as thus. I have an experience I would like to tell you about. I did not know this site existed, and I was telling my brothers about it a few weeks ago at my son's birthday party. And, of course, they were laughing at me. I live in Itashka, Illinois, and two years ago in August 2020, I went out at about 9 p.m. at night and was putting something in my car. About 50 to 75 yards away, I saw something land in the street. It looked like it was crouching, and it looked the size of a coyote or maybe bigger, sitting in an upright position. It was too big to be an owl, but kind of looked like a bat-owl-looking creature, like a gargoyle with little horns on its head. I was focusing on it for about a minute, and kept asking myself, what the hell is that? Now, in a sudden burst with its wings, it kind of hopped up and exploded out of the crouching stance with a thunderous sprook of its wings and disappeared into the trees. I yelped and stepped back a bit as I could not believe my eyes. It looked like a five-foot black bat animal-looking thing uh, flying into the trees. Now, I have been reading about the other sightings in the area, and my sighting matches what others have seen. I got a good look at that creepy thing, but i do not believe that it observed me because i was watching it quietly so uh i I got a hold of the witness and he stated that he was quite surprised when he noticed the creature again he said it was crouched under a fairly bright street light and about 50 yards in front of him in the neighborhood uh in his neighborhood which is the vicinity of Bryn Mawr and Elm Street Natasha this location is approximately two miles west of O'Hare International. As he watched, it was apparent that it had bat-like wings, and the face was similar to a gargoyle's depiction with small horns on its head. The coloring was gray to black. There was no eye color recognized. Now, I, I am going to state this, and I don't know if um, Vince is bringing it up because I can't see the screen right now. He did a sketch of one of these unseen ones of the winged beings that were described by the unseen ones, and they do look gargoyle-like with small horns on their heads. So maybe this is what he saw. Now, when it suddenly rose up from its crouched position, he states that it stood five, five to six foot in height, and that the body was somewhat emaciated but defined. the The arms were attached to the wide wings that span far from the body. It was definitely a human humanoid form. He used the word explode to describe the sudden burst of energy when it took flight after just one flap of the powerful wings. The sound of the wings, the ascent burst like thunder and suddenly flew into the tree and disappeared, which is something we've been hearing from people where these beings seem to have some ability to suddenly jettison themselves into flight. Some do it without flapping a wing. Some also flap, it, 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 you know, they're both types. The witness is very articulate and seemingly forthright. He is still affected by this encounter two years later. He expressed how surprised he was when he found the interactive. Matt detailing the Famous Monster 14 research, extensive investigation of this phenomenon. Now, I will say this. After the weekend that I talked to him, he called me. He had me calling back. Uh, this individual is very religious and uh, he knows his bible he knows he's very well read he said he all weekend he felt guilty about telling me about this because he afraid he was afraid that this was some type of demon being and that I, he was getting me in some type of trouble by telling me about this but you know i explained to him that we had heard all kinds of different things as far as these these sightings go and uh, you know, I'm not going to tell him what he thinks it is. Or you know, I I, I told him I I take it under advisement and I go from there. So uh, I just wanted to put that caveat in there. So uh, that's all. That's all what we got for the night. Now, if if you all have questions, please put them into the uh, into the chat, and I will I will try to answer them. Um, Jose Sanchez asks, how can Mothman move dimensionally if it's a physical creature? Well, you know, this is the big, this has been the big question. Uh, or can, can flesh and blood beings, F, I mean, uh, corporal beings, can they move between dimensions? Or can they move into alternate realities? I think the, the latter they definitely can. I think humans can. I think humans have walked through portals into alternate realities. But I also think that uh, corporal beings can move within dimensions if they know what they're doing. Do they have to? Uh, do they have to manipulate their uh, their mass somehow to do that? Does it require? uh some type of uh vibration to uh match moving in and out of other dimensions I, I don't know you know this is a question that we've been we've had for a lot of people from a lot of something we've thought about but uh it, it's it's it is an interesting question I thank for asking it. um Brian Keith Linville. What do you know about feral humans? I've heard them mentioned recently with little explanation of what they actually are. Well, when you're talking about feral humans, most of the instances where we're talking about them are those that live in very, very rural and out of the way places like up in the mountains and such. You know, I have had a lot of different interpretations of this, especially in Appalachia. Now I'm not saying this is all an Appalachian phenomenon, but it does happen. You know, some people associated with Bigfoot and other creatures. I, I don't believe that. I think, you know, I don't want to say that these are inbred human beings, but they're away from society. Their characteristics are not on part of what we are, basically, for a lot of reasons. But uh, they pick up aspects, and and their daily life is much different. They do act like animals, basically. That's how they survive. They've got to find ways to eat. They've got to find ways of staying safe. And uh, that's what people are known as feral, just like a feral cat would have to do the same thing. So, um, yeah, that's what we consider feral. Uh, Jose asked So, right. So that would imply that Mothman can actually know where these portals are located. Well, I assume so. Uh, If he didn't, I don't know how he would find them or they would find them. You know, I had a big discussion on, on uh, Dave Scott show the other night on uh, spaced out radio where we talked about portals. It was a fairly long discussion and uh I I do you know he was he was talking about an incident where he recently may have been very close to a portal. Sure I know people don't believe some people don't believe in portals. I get that. Uh, I have been a party to them though in investigating in paranormal investigations with spirits and such and also with some cryptid investigations. There are some researchers who swear that they have come across this. Uh, People have talked about the missing 411 cases where there could be very, very well could be portals involved with that. Uh, What do you think the brimstone smell would be portals opening or closing? You know, I don't know. I, I know that that brimstone odor does show up a lot. I don't know if it's, one or one way or the other, or it's both ways, or what? Um, you know, even David had, David Eckhart had talked about that at some point. That he occasionally would smell that that acrid smell, uh, or maybe it's just the entity himself. I don't know. You know, that's that's just something else, another bit of evidence to to use. You know, we had a um, the the really the first sighting of the wing humanoids that we had at O'Hara was outside of the airport in Rosemont at an area where a lot of the, um, a lot of cab drivers or uh, lift drivers would stay before they get a call from somebody at the terminal where they could drive in and pick them up. And there was a sighting of one of these things. And uh, it was in October 2, 2019, if you go back and check the uh, the chronological order, but anyway, one of the aspects of this sighting was that after this thing was seen, this guy went out of his cab, went up to the area, and he had a very strong ammonia smell. And we have heard that before. Just like, you know, smells and odors are a big part of the paranormal. Uh, you know, Josh Cutchen wrote a whole book about it. Um, it's just like when I do uh, when I do remote viewing. A lot of times, when I'm entering into certain phases of the remote view, to where I'm trying to get information on the, the actual subject or the target, I get a cinnamon smell. It's happened to me many times. So, uh, you know, you might want to read Josh's book. Somebody put it up, The Brimstone Deceit. It's an excellent book. It's one of his early books. And uh, it, it, it does go into an aspect of the paranormal a lot of people don't really think about. But odor is a real, a real big part of it. Anybody else got any questions? Jose, maybe it's eye shine due to the bioluminosity similar to some sea creatures. That's very possible. You know, I don't know, but that's very possible. Vincent wants to know, do you think the, uh, the hurricane will displace cryptids? Now, well, it, it, it did the last time when Andrew came through down in South Florida. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's interesting there were some research labs and, and pet stores in that homestead area where they were keeping monkeys and stuff and a lot of those got loose a lot of other animals got loose and every once in a while somebody sees them in 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 the everglades and such um, of course there, there are already enough people taking pet pythons and such and letting them loose out there and you know it's it's the, these creatures are basically changing the ecology of the uh, the everglades. I mean when you got pythons big enough to swallow alligators I mean you're gonna you're definitely changing the ecology of the area but uh, will display script is it may very well do that but you know I think the uh, I, I think that, that they're probably so used to it um uh, that they they find a way of protecting themselves. Are skunk apes just a collection of feral monkeys? I don't know. You know, the skunk apes have been in the Mayaka area and, and other areas for a long time. I, I don't necessarily think they're some type of um, evolved monkey. Uh, I, I do think they're an indigenous species, though. Yeah, I really do, because um, you see a lot of family groups, um, and and for the most part, they're they're very much different than most Bigfoot or Sasquatch that are seen in other areas. So uh, I don't think they're necessarily feral monkeys. I just think that they're a species of uh, hominid that's been around for quite a while. Okay. Well, folks, I want to thank you for coming on tonight and listening to me, uh, and and offering your questions. Now, if you uh, if you do have an unexplained encounter or sighting, you know, contact me through the Phantoms of Monsters blog site, or you can write me at lawnsstrickerfamsofmonsters dot com. And uh, if you made a donation, it's truly really appreciated. Your support's what makes all this possible. Please like, subscribe, and share. And please feel free to comment. We love the comments. Uh, and also, if you think that your citing a report should be included on this personal reports narrated shows, let me know. See what I can do. Now, look. This Friday night at 9 p.m., 6 p.m., 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We're going to present Carrie and Greg, who are a married couple living in Summit County, Ohio, who have been dealing with a 12-year sagla, which is, namely, there are monsters in their yard. Uh, Cryptid canines have been a part of their everyday life. So join us for this intriguing look into the evolution of their ordeal what they have experienced and what they have learned from it. This is an investigation we started back in February. And uh, I I think it's time that they had come forward. They agreed to do so. And uh, I think you're, you're going to enjoy it and maybe learn a few things. So uh, until then, stay healthy, and have a safe, enjoyable week, Good night.